every artist has a story, whether it has to do with just their life or has to do with their music. Um, and it's thinking about things that appeal to people's emotions, right? And it can make people mad. That's fine. It could inspire people. It could, you know, make people feel like, like laugh. It can use comedy. It can do something like that. It can be sexy. It can, you know, just anything that's going to elicit some sort of emotion. But I have found that that has been the just biggest connector to everyone, media, fans, just about everything. Um, and so it's like looking back at what are some of those things that are going to make people connect with me? It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm really excited to be here with Christine Morrell today. Uh, Christine is hey an there. independent artist. Hey, Christine. So she made it to the into the top 10 finalists on the hit show, The X Factor. She performed on major commercials for Mercedes-Benz and Heineken, from the National Anthem, the LA Dodgers Stadium, been featured on media outlets like Fox, NBC, CW, Maxim. And um, really what we wanted to focus on today is her method for one, like as an artist, creating your story, honing in on you know, how do you communicate that in a way that's compelling that really allows someone who's a relatively normal person to be able to get featured on, on media outlets like Fox and NBC and to be able to have these opportunities to, to get a lot of exposure you know, for being yourself and knowing how to frame your story. So Christine, I'm really excited to talk today and thanks for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, you got it. And I remember, so we met for the first time a couple of weeks ago and we talked for probably about 15 minutes. We kicked out at the beginning about Elon Musk and, you know, I've got this like yeah. outer space kind of set up here. So we'll, I have a feeling that we're probably going to, we're probably going to dig into some tangents on the, on the call today in the best possible way, but we'll try to hold ourselves back and, and keep things on, on focus. So yeah. uh, Christine, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story and um, how you kind of got to this point and how you accomplished some of those things that, um, that we just talked about. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's a lot of musicians, they're kind of in this mentality that they're waiting for someone to discover them or waiting for someone to reach out to them to include them on, you know, on whether it be the news or whether it be, you know, blogs or magazines and that sort of thing. But where I come from, I come from a really small town uh, in New Mexico where there was like 8,000 people. I didn't know anybody in the music industry. I didn't have any resources. I didn't know anyone that even made a living from music or any of that sort of thing. Um, so I had to really just kind of experiment with figuring out how to get some exposure to my music. And, and at the time, I'm like, I'm going to date myself. I'm like, there wasn't like a whole lot of internet stuff. You know, there wasn't like, we didn't have, um, even when I was, you know, even going through school and, and there wasn't like social media and that sort of thing. So I had to get real creative with figuring out how to even get my name out there or to get my music heard or to start doing shows and that sort of thing. And so going back to where a lot of um, musicians kind of get in this mentality where they sit around and wait, I loved music so much and I knew that I didn't wanna do anything else that I was like, I gotta figure this out. You know, I gotta figure this out now. And so um, I went out and I was really proactive. And I think that's really the big difference um, in what helped me to get on these uh, major networks is that I reached out to them. They didn't reach out to me. You know, mm -hmm. almost none of them actually did. 
I reached out to plenty of people and a lot of people go, how do you do that? And it's like a lot of it's just asking questions. And for a big mm-hmm. thing for me is ask questions as a musician, mm-hmm. you know, and as I, as I grew up and as, you know, we didn't have resources for even like money to record or, you know, just all, all the opportunities that maybe some people have, or even living in a big city, you know, the opportunities you have to get exposure. I didn't have those things. So I had to ask a lot of questions. How do I get heard? How do I get my you know, music on the radio? How do I get on podcasts? How do I get on TV? You know, so I asked a lot of questions. I didn't have any pride when it came to that. And I think a lot of musicians are like, no, I got to look like I made it big right out the bat. And I got to, you know, like people don't know, you know, about me. I'm the next big thing or whatever. And that could very well be true. But if you're not proactive in your career, you know, you, it's really hard to build it. And that's really what the difference, because there's a million talented people out there, you know, more talented than me and less talented than me. But everyone has the opportunity to get on media, to get published, to get in magazines, to get in blogs and websites and that sort of thing, if they just kind of know the process of how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good. Ask, asking questions versus, you know, just talking about yourself or kind of amping yourself up. It's just, yeah, that's really powerful. And if I remember right, part of your story was that you literally went door to door and like met people and were, were sharing your music, right? Yeah. Um, that was a big part of my career. And I think also what built my resiliency, like everyone could be like, no, I hate you. You suck. And I'm like, all right, next person. You know? So when I was uh, younger, I actually started when I was 10. So I used to just sell random things going door to door because I wanted to be able to, you know, afford certain types of clothing and, you know, just have my own money. And so I, as I got older, when I was about 16 or 17, I recorded my first album in a closet Um, this like little rinky dink recorder. It was one of those things where you can buy like a studio in a box and it's like $300 for the whole thing. So um, I recorded the album and then I duplicated the, you know, burned the CDs and then I would knock on people's doors. So I would literally just knock on people's doors and introduce myself and be like, Hey, I'm Christine. I'm a singer, you know, just trying to, you know, chase my dreams. Uh, I was wondering if you'd be interested in buying a CD, you know, and through this, I, you know, networked with a lot of people. I met a lot of people, but, you know, to be honest, nine out of 10 people were, they hated that I was knocking on their door. You know, I'm a door-to-door salesman. Nobody likes door-to-door salesmen. (laughs) And so people would uh, slam doors in my face. I got chased by dogs. I uh, had just a bunch of really weird experiences, people yelling at me, you know, because I woke up their children or whatever, but one in 10 would say yes. And um, so I kind of did the math and I'm like, okay, well, if I can knock on a hundred doors a day, then I can sell 10 CDs. And I was selling 10, each CD for $10. So I was like, okay, I can make $100 a day. I can live off of that. I can survive. So um, that's what I did. So I kind of did the math. And I kind of kept that mentality as I uh, continued on in my career. I was like, okay, if I can ask 10 outlets or if I can ask you know, 10 producers to collaborate or if I can ask 10 songwriters, one person's bound to say yes. And I think a lot of people stop at like two or three. And again, going back to that pride thing, where, um, you know, you just don't want to hear no, you don't want to be told uh, that you can't, you know, that someone doesn't want to work with you, because that hurts a little bit, you know, but for me, I was like, all right, next one, next one, next one, it's just a matter of time before someone says yes. Mm, That's so good. That's so powerful, too. And and great way to look at it in terms of acknowledging and realizing that when you ask for something that, you know, that it's okay if, if people say no, but, you know, but doing the math and knowing one out of 10 people you reach out to hearing back, you know, that's, that's amazing. And also I think that 
like, well, one, it kind of reminds me of, of our story with tour hacking and like meeting people and how I was a super shy, awkward kid and it didn't come naturally at all. But there, there is a certain sense of like, of willingness to face rejection and to be okay with that. And I, I think you're right that one thing that it seems like holds back a lot of people and a lot of musicians is a fear a fear of asking because they don't want to be rejected or they don't want someone to say no or to not like them. And it just is so much easier when you acknowledge like, yeah, like people aren't like, there's not everyone's going to say yes, but if you don't ask, then 100% of people, like that means that there's going to be no one, you know? And so there's, yeah. there's a lot of power in, <laughs> in ask, asking. Awesome. So, you know, I know that you've worked with you know, a, lot, a lot of musicians at this point, and you have a lot of experience with telling your story and, and getting placements on these different media outlets and, and the art of asking. I'm curious what you've noticed have been some of the biggest like challenges or mistakes that the artists are, are struggling with when, when they first start working with you. Before they reach out to media outlets, that's the biggest thing is having a story and, and most people think that the music itself is a story, right? Because I work mostly with people who already have music. So by the time I start working one-on-one -on -one with people, they already have music, they already have a single or a music video or an album and that sort of thing. So they're at that point. And they think, okay, now that I have an album, I just need to reach out to these people. If they're even at that point where they're even being proactive, you know, if they've gotten to that point or, you know, or they're still in the mental state where they think that, you know, they have to wait for media outlets to reach out to them. But let's say they've watched some of my videos and they're like, yeah, yeah, Christine says, you know, we can reach out and be proactive. But there's a whole process beforehand that they have to get ready for because there has to be something to present to the media outlets, you know, calling them up and saying, I have the next hit song that everybody's going to love. It's such a great song. It's not a story. And that's the big thing is we have to create something that's media worthy because we're not talking about just getting a song played on the radio. We're talking about, you know, how I mentioned earlier, how you were mentioning earlier, how I've gotten on like Fox and NBC and CBS and all these things. This was before. And, and a lot of people think, well, you were on X Factor. So, of course, you got on that. I got on all, all of that before I was on X Factor, before I was on any of those things. I was already doing, you know, like hundreds of shows and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but that was based on this process that I always give to artists. And really it's when you start thinking about television and when you start thinking about when people have options to change the channel, what's gonna keep a viewer watching you? Is it gonna be, oh wow, they're, they can sing pretty good. That might, but they have a million other things that they can look at. So if you ever watch you know, American Idol or The Voice, there's always like this story you know, American Idol's like the, the triumphant, you know, single dad that just got back from Iraq. And, you know, like there's just all these like things and he could be just as talented or less talented or more talented than the next person. But because he has this awesome story, everyone wants to watch and the TV show wants to include him. So what's important mostly is most artists don't think about what makes them newsworthy. And I don't care, uh, you know, where anyone's from or what their background is. Everyone has something interesting about them. You know, so for me, I, you know, when I reach out to media outlets, I'll, you know, one good story is that I went door to door. People love that, especially if it's like a podcast about like, you know, the grind of, of the music industry and hustling and that sort of thing. You know, they're going to love that I did that because that's not normal for a female and it's mostly rappers that sell their music out of the trunk, you know, so that's a really great story or that I'm a single mom, you know, and I'm still doing music despite COVID, you know, like that's a story or, hey, I recorded an album in a van when I was living in a van, you know, like that's a story. And then people want to hear the music, but mm -hmm. the story isn't, you know, Bob Smith releases a new album. That's mm -hmm. not a story. 
And mm. so that's really the biggest challenge, I think, is people have to get into this mentality of I'm an entertainer. I'm not just a musician. I'm not just a songwriter. I'm not just a creative. I'm also an entertainer. Now, if you don't want to be on TV, you don't want to be doing those things and you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But I think most of us, we're spending so much time creating our music. We spent so much time to perfect our craft. We want people to hear it. And sharing our story is, is really great. And the way that we share it, what, you know, how we pair it with certain media outlets, like maybe, you know, if there's a, a particular news media outlet that's always talking about, you know, COVID, for example, that's a big relevant thing right now at the time of, mm. of this podcast, right? So I had a, a student who um, went through my training and within a week he got on CW and what he did was he talked about how despite COVID, he was still making music, but he was also donating masks to the hospitals. So that was a big thing. The CW wanted to say, despite, you know, this musician's out of a job, he's out of work, but he's making music and donating masks to the local hospital. Mm -hmm. It's relevant to what's going on right now. And it's a story. So it's, you know, pairing that up with the right media outlets, the right story at the right time. I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest challenge, getting in that mentality. That's so good. And you're, you're totally right that, yeah, it, it seems like on all the game shows that a huge part of it, like is telling their backstory and, and, and being able to relate with, with those people. So I guess one, one thing I'd be curious to dig into is what you've noticed in terms of like the most compelling stories, like what, what are the elements or what, what makes a story compelling for, for musicians? And also, do you ever recommend that the artists that they kind of proactively like do things or they create things that like become stories or does it have to kind of come from something they've already done? Or what are your thoughts about that? So yes, they can do both, um, which is which is great. I, I I do a lot of both. I do um, you know things. I plan things ahead of time, knowing that I could then get you know media from it. So that's a really great way to just ensure that you're going to get media. Because if not, there's there's two things that you're either going to have to do. You're either going to have to spend a lot of money to get on these media outlets, or you can have a really great story and not have to spend a lot of money. You know. So for me, I'm like, I don't really want to spend a lot of money. So let's come up with a great story. In terms of elements, what they want is, as an artist, you need to kind of take a look at your life, whether it be a story of your life. And it doesn't even always have to do with music. It could be that you were born on a kitchen table in the middle of a cabin in the mountains. You know, that's a pretty cool thing. And, you, you know, you didn't, you know, for us, we didn't have like cable and we didn't have a lot of things. All I had was a piano. So I had to play piano all day. I worked in a tortilla factory growing up. You know, all this is really funny <laughs> stuff that we can talk about, you know? You probably, you probably made the tortillas, the peanut butter tortillas that my band made when, when we were living in our van and, and eating peanut butter plus tortillas every meal. Oh, yep, that probably so. came from you. Wow. I was the one making them, you know, and selling them door to door. So it, it's really coming up with a few things. Every artist has a story, whether it has to do with just their life or has to do with their music. Um, and it's thinking about things that appeal to people's emotions, right? And it can make people mad. That's fine. It can make people, it could inspire people. It could, you know, make people feel like, like laugh. It can use comedy. It can do something like that. It can be sexy. It can, you know, just anything that's going to elicit some sort of emotion. And mm-hmm. especially like, I think a lot of people too um, get scared to be transparent you know, like be transparent about their life or be transparent about the struggles they've been through. But I have found that that has been the just biggest connector to everyone, media, fans, just about everything. If you wrote a song because, you know, your aunt was 
passing away and this was her last wish of you. Hey, sweetie, I want you to go pursue your dreams. That's the story because there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to relate. They're going to go, man. And it was not even going to be about music, but they could, you know, in their hearts go, well, my grandfather always wanted to, me to pursue my carpentry or whatever it is. They're going to relate in different ways by you sharing that, by you sharing those things that maybe sometimes you're not always comfortable to share. Um, and so it's like looking back at what are some of those things that are going to make people connect with me? You know, inspirational stories. You find a lot of that on, on like American Idol and that sort of thing, where a lot of it's like, so-and-so drove across the country. What was it? An Anastasia. I remember when she won, she had like no money, but she got in her car and she drove across the country. And, you know, she had gone through, I think it was like physical abuse and all kinds of stuff. Like that was her story. And so like every episode, they dig a little deeper into her background. So it's like figuring out what is it about your story? You know, and I remember um, reading, uh, I don't know if you remember Marilyn Manson. Um, and this was something that they did. This was all PR. Like he set up, his team set up a anti-Marilyn Manson campaign and it was them. And they created this anti-Marilyn Manson campaign. And he would, when he would show up into cities for um, concerts, they already had this whole community of people that hated him. And they would post stuff like, you know, he supports, you know, killing puppies on the highway. I don't know what it was, but it was just ridiculous <laughs> stuff. you know. And that was something that made people angry, but it worked for him. Now, I don't, I'm not saying you'd have to, you know, come up with something that's going to really be that crazy, but that's just, that's a really extreme yeah, example. That's a, that's a story that you don't necessarily want to make come <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, that's you know, a really extreme example. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> I know. But, you know, like that was what they used. They, they just, you know, came up with these and they weren't even real stories. You know, that wasn't even real. They weren't doing anything like that. But, you know, just coming up with things that, you know, made people go, oh, that makes me mad. But then there's also the, you know, if you if you watch American Idol, there's the, you know, so-and-so just, you know, leaked sexy photos out of her phone. And now everybody's like, oh my God, there's these lingerie photos of such and such an American Idol artist. That's a story. And, and she, may, she may have leaked those herself. Someone may have grabbed them. My guess is, you know, either way, it doesn't really matter, but it's a story. And then it leads into music. And that's where I'm saying it doesn't always have to do with music. Now, those are kind of more on the controversial side. On the inspirational side, that's a huge one. You know, like I mentioned earlier, a single father, a person who grew up with nothing. You know, like for me, I always tell my story of how I went, you know, door to door, how I used to sell burritos. I used to sell cappuccinos. I used to sell like ap caramel apple suckers, chocolate. I would skip school. And I would go sell like clocks and um, I would buy things from the dollar store and they would give it to me at cost. So I would buy about 50 cents for candles and I would go sell them for $5. And then I used that money to buy me a piano and then to record my album. So something like that's really inspiring, you know, and then there's also the very interesting things. Like I mentioned, hey, you recorded your album in a van or you recorded your album while you're on tour, you know, couch surfing you know, sleeping on strangers' couches. Like that's all a story. So I did a 25 city tour where I did a lot of charity. Um, I was performing for students in the day, like kids and that sort of thing. And I would, it was kind of like a motivational concert where I would talk to them about, you know, following their dreams and then also would perform for them. Um, and then at night I would perform at like casinos and that type of thing to help pay for the tour because it's expensive, obviously. And I went all around the United States now, that was a story. I have this thing for children. I love working with children, but also on a business aspect, looking at it aside from that, I thought, okay, if I reach out to all these local media outlets where I'm going, they're going to want me to be on their 
show. That's how that was, you know, one of the ways I got on like Fox and NBC and CBS and all those really big major networks is that pairing it together in the right way is such a big thing. So I'll give you an example. I'm in New Mexico right now. So if I was performing at a local school here, am I going to reach out to a media outlet in Canada and be like, hey, you should cover my story. I'm performing, you know, in schools here in New Mexico. Um, I could, and maybe they might want to cover that, but I'm, I'm, I have a higher probability of reaching out to the local stations here because it has to do with local news and their local people that are listening are going to want to hear about that. Because really at the end of the day, you're only trying to help this media outlet get great ratings. Because if they don't have ratings, they don't have a station anymore. It's very expensive to have a TV station. It's very expensive to have those you know, big antennas and those big satellites and all those types of things. So they're looking for people who are going to help them get listeners or help them get viewers. So if I'm someone who's from here and I'm performing locally, they love that story, you know? And then as I move into other places, if I go to Texas, hey, New Mexico girl comes into town to help our local children. That's the story. And so they're going to want to hear about that. And not only that, the whole time that I was doing this, I was couch surfing. So if people are not familiar with couch surfing, I wasn't staying in hotels. I wasn't doing that sort of thing. I was staying on strangers' couches, sometimes sleeping on floors. So that's a story too. Hey, girl from New Mexico sleeps on floors to be able to perform shows for our local children. And see how you can kind of pile up those elements of what you're doing and what you're sacrificing and what you're doing to make it happen. And so I reached out in every city that I was going to, I reached out to every media outlet and I was able to get on different shows and different podcasts and different radio stations and newspapers and all those types of things on a local level throughout the country by doing that, by pairing my story of, of you know, something that inspired the community with the community that I would be performing at during that time. Mm, that's, that's so smart. So uh, a quick uh, uh, shout out to uh, Couchsurfing as well. Couchsurfing is a really cool platform community. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now, um, if you haven't heard of Couchsurfing yet, but you're like an artist who you know, wants to you know, save money. And, and all, even like, aside from just the fact that you, know, you can Couchsurf for free, it's a really cool way to meet people and connect with them. And you, know, you want to make sure that you're being safe and that you like, you kind of check into the people that, that you're staying with and, and whatnot. But it is a really cool platform. So definitely worth checking out for anyone who hasn't heard of that before. So one thing I want to ask you, uh, if we if we can dig into is, so it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, step one is really about clarifying, figuring out like, what what is your story? And what do you have that's compelling? And especially like, what is it that you have that is emotionally compelling is a great place to start It's kind of figuring out like, like a story that that inspires people, or that moves them in some way. It's a lot like your music, you know, it's, it's all about transmitting emotion. So let's say that someone has sort of dialed in and they have a story that they think would be a really good fit. It's really inspiring. It's a good fit for one of these local stations. What does your process look like in terms of actually reaching out to those people? Like, how do they act? Like, do they just like show up on the front door and just like knock on the door or like they email them or what, what, what does your process look like in terms of uh, starting to connect with, with those stations? So the main thing is coming up with a press release. That's the start. So now that you have a story, now that you've figured out what it is that's going to make this media outlet want to interview you or share your music, you have to present it to them in a way that they are easily able to look at it. Because one thing you have to keep in mind is that they're getting a ton of submissions a day and there's plenty of people who are willing to pay. And if you're going to get on there without paying, and again, they're a business, 
you know, so they have to make money. They have to, you know, they have people on payroll, they got rent, they got these, you know, big satellites. So they have a lot of things they have to cover. So if you're trying to get on there without paying, then you better have a story. So if you, if you have that, then what you need to do is you need to put together a press release. And what I tell everyone, the first thing is that headline, right? You have to come up with, again, that like, you know, single dad records songs in, you know, the van that he and his son are living in, you know, or, you know, so-and-so is born on the table in the middle of a farm, but learns ukulele, you know, cause that's all he has to, you know, to do. There's nothing else to do, you know, something like that. That's a, a headline. So again, where I mentioned before, you know, Bob Smith releases an album is not a headline unless you know them, you know, unless it's like Beyonce or something like people just aren't really going to pay attention. And most of the people like who, imagining like a newspaper know, are, article, are, you're like, are, open are, up the, open up the newspaper, Bob Smith releases an album. <laughs> <laughs> like that would just be the most boring, yeah, like, boring it's just, article ever. <laughs> Right, exactly. And so that headline is the most important thing, you know, and there's also like, a, you know, uh, even whenever coming up with the press releases where you kind of have suspense, like that's another thing that you can, uh, another type of emotion that you can elicit, like single mom only survives listening to this song. The headline doesn't say exactly or, you know, performing at this thing or the one thing that kept this, you know, single mom doing music and surviving during COVID right? Something mm. like that, right? So there's a few different elements in that. But when you put this thing, you know, sometimes people go, well, I wonder what that is. If you give mm. them something where they, there's no way that they can figure out what it is, right? There's no way they can figure out. They have to read the article or they have to watch the TV show. They have to, and you're going to notice if, if now that I'm telling people this, they're going to notice when they look at, you know, the news online and um, anything that they're going to see a lot of those elements that they're going to see where people put, you know, this person said a racist comment and this is how she responded, you know, right. things like that, where you go, oh man, I gotta, you know, watch this now. And that's another big thing right now, right? With all the things that are going on with Black Lives Matter, that sort of thing is, okay, it, are there, there's a really great song. I was watching a commercial. Um, I forgot her name, but um, called Rise Up. Uh, we need to rise up or so, I forget how it goes. Um, but that yeah. song has been around for a long time, but it resurfaced because it's inspiring and emotional and it really pertains to what's going on in, yeah. in the Black Lives Matter movement. So, you know, her music became relevant again, even though it's been many, many years. And a lot of artists can do that too, right? They can look back at, hey, I have this music that would be relevant to what's going on right now. So it doesn't have to be music that you like created this year. It could be music from the past that you could just use to get in news outlets. And mainly you just need, once again, step one is just getting that headline that's really solid that makes people either want to read the article that you're trying to you know, get published in or watch the TV show that you're trying to get on. So that's the mm -hmm. first thing, come up with it. And, and usually it's good to stay under like 10 words if possible, because you don't want it to be like too long. But that's the, a really good way to um, do it. And actually, there's these really cool, if you type in Google and go to like headline analyzer, you can actually type in headlines and it'll give you a score and it'll let you, mm. it'll score you based on the words that you use, based on the emotions that they elicit. Again, you know, if you use certain things like just certain words that are going to anger people or things that are sexy or things that are funny or whatever it is, it'll actually give you a score. So anybody listening, if, you, if you're wondering if your headline is good, you can go to just Google headline analyzer and you can start putting in, you know, different uh, ideas and it'll actually give you some advice as well on, you know, why they scored you a certain way and what you can do better to try to score higher. Mm, that's so cool. What, what an awesome tool. So headline analyzer on Google. Yeah, that, that idea, it reminds me of 
the idea of kind of creating an open, creating an open loop, right? So it's kind of like with the headline, you create this open loop that feels as compelling, like it, like it wants to close, like our minds, we don't handle open loops very well. Like there's something inside of us that wants to resolve. It's kind of like playing, I use this analogy all the time, but I, I really like this analogy, but it's kind of like, if you play like conflicting chords, then there's something inside of you that just doesn't sit right with it. There's something that it, it needs, like it, there's this this pull towards resolving it. And yeah, I think that what you're describing with like creating an open loop is kind of like intentionally creating that suspense or intentionally creating that open loop that's resolved by this beautiful story or by this article that, that you're going to share. Kind of the same way with like, you know, cliffhangers with TV shows at the end of an episode, there's like, like, oh, like now this thing is going to happen. And it's like a, you know, a, and yeah. it really like kind of pulls you into the next, <laughs> the next thing. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. You know, one thing I want to, I want to like uh, revisit briefly is, you know, just for anyone who is listening to this right now, how would you recommend they get started kind of thinking about their stories? Or they just like sit down with a blank notebook and just kind of write down like and brainstorm, like here's all potential story ideas based on like what's like emotionally driving me or you know, what, mm -hmm. what would that process look, look like? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. So yeah, when we start to write press releases, that's exactly what we do. I tell everyone to either open a notebook or open a Word document and start writing down things about your life that are interesting or think people that have meant something to you or people that have inspired you, you know, cause maybe sometimes I meet people that are like, you know what, I, I'm not, I don't have any good stories about my life. You know, I just, you know, create music and that's it. Well, I'm like, at, at the, what you can think about is one, you can think about the people that have inspired you and why they've inspired you. Cause maybe the story of your, let's say your parents, right? Let's say maybe your story, Maybe there's not tons of huge elements, but let's say your parents, like they are, you know, immigrants from Russia or, you know, from other countries, or maybe they fleed, you know, some sort of crazy situation out in some other country and they, you know, did something to get here and you're inspired by that. Even that's a story, you know, and so those types of things, kind of thinking about just your upbringing, the people that have inspired you, why you wrote each song, you know, like there was a gentleman who's like his best friend had like cheated on or his girlfriend had cheated on him with his best friend and that's why he wrote the song well that's a really great story now I want to hear the song you know like whereas if someone was just like you know Barry Smiley creates a great folk song I'm like I don't really want to I don't really want to hear that you know but if I know that what the story's from even if I don't really even particularly like the song I'm going to listen to it because I want to hear the lyrics I want to hear now that I know the backstory I want to listen to it so really it's people kind of going back to you know, do I have anything very interesting about my childhood? Is there anything very interesting about the people who have inspired me? Is there very, anything interesting about how I became a songwriter? You know, a big thing for me is I always tell everybody like Jennifer Lopez changed my life because when I saw magazines, it was always white women and I'm Mexican and Latin and I never saw women in magazines. So I can talk about, you know, how she inspired me. So that would be a really great story for like a Latin magazine you know, for mm. a Latin outlet because they love Jennifer Lopez too. So they're going to want to talk about it. And they're probably, you know, we're probably going to geek out on Jennifer Lopez for a minute. So that would be a really good way to reach out to that particular outlet. So you start kind of going through, you know, what is it? Did, is this song that I wrote? Is it really interesting because, you know, the drama that went behind it? Or I even remember when, um, you know, when Chris Brown and Rihanna, when there was an incident in the car and, and you know, the domestic violence and all that. I remember there was a group that came out with a song that was called like F Chris Brown or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember it got radio play. And I remember thinking, this is a terrible song. It was not a good song, but it was relevant 
to mm. what was happening at that time. And all I could think of is they absolutely did create that song because of what was happening. They knew that they would be able to get in media because, you know, you asked earlier, should people create something that they know is going to help them get in media? Well, that was something that they took advantage of because otherwise, and I don't remember the group's name, but it, they weren't relevant. Nobody knew who they were. I just remember they were on radio and I kind of looked them up and I'm like, I've never even heard of these people. And um, they got radio play. So, you know, mm -hmm. they rode that for as long as they could. So they got a little, you know, extra uh, media because of it. So start looking at what's relevant right now as well, because maybe there's not like a huge story behind what you have going on, but you can create one, you know, like the gentleman who uh, started donating masks to the hospitals. Now he already had been, you know, donating masks to the hospital, but that's something that you can pair with. Like imagine if uh, most artists that I meet really are charitable people. I think it's kind of just who we are. Like, I think we're like a bunch of hippies, really. Like musicians are always like, I want to change the world with my music and I want to donate to kids in Africa. And, you know, like we all, we all want to do something amazing for the world. Uh, most of us, I think. And I think, you know, charities are a really good way to do that as well. So it's like looking at like, okay, here's my background, my story, all the people that have, you know, inspired me. But then what else could I do to also create a story? You know, so you could also look at and start writing down ideas. Well, you know what? I always wanted, I did always want to, you know, volunteer at the local boys and girls club. And I have this song about believing in yourself. So maybe I'll, I'll make my dream of volunteering at the boys and girls club happen. And then I'll take pictures and I'll take all kinds of video. And so I get to help these children and that's awesome. But at the same time, I have this really great story I can share with the community. I can bring more attention to my cause and my dreams of helping people and simultaneously bring attention to my music as well. Cause now there's this really wonderful song that I'm singing to these kids about believing in yourself or following your dreams and that sort of thing. So kind of looking at what you already have that exists or what you can create to create a story. I think that's what you want to do. You just want to start writing down all those things and start brainstorming. Oh, what's up guys. So quick intermission from the podcast. So I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're gonna walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's gonna allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear and so that'll help us reach a lot more people so if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings then if you want to do us a favor i'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button all right let's get back to the podcast mm, awesome awesome really good and so you know, one thing that, that you talked about that i think is just like a magic a magic word is relevancy and how, you know, if we can, if we can think about what's relevant, because I mean, even, even something that you might not necessarily consider relevant in the sense of like news, 
um, still can be relevant to a certain person. Like what you talked about with like the Jennifer Lopez, you know, that's relevant to a certain type of magazine. And what it, what it kind of reminded me of too was, and I, I, I had a hard time wrapping my head around this. Like when I first heard about this idea, I'm like, really? Like this is a thing, but people are recording reaction videos to like popular, <laughs> popular videos where it's like literally they're just watching a viral video and just like filming themselves reacting to the video. And yeah, you know, I think it's a great example of this sort of this phenomenon of relevancy and how that's actually like really, because the video, the viral video is relevant and they're kind of, and they're adding their perspective, like they're adding who they are to the thing that's that's happening and they're adding their response. So w- one question that I have for you is in terms of like, of things of relevancy and in terms of, you know, of being more proactive about um, identifying the trends, the opportunities for relevancy, do you have any I- ideas or thoughts or, or like our strategies for like for figuring out what is relevant right now what are some upcoming trends that that I can just kind of keep an eye on so I know like oh this one really speaks to me like I can I have something to say about this specific topic that is relevant right now in the world do you have any sort of systems or ideas for how you would stay plugged into that kind of relevancy yeah I think that it's actually pretty simple I mean we all have access to social media right and if your target audience is you know social media for example Instagram the primary users are you know, age is up to 35, right? Like 18 to 35, you know, Facebook gets a little bit older, but if you're on Instagram, let's say that's your target audience. Let's say you're making pop music or, you know, some, something that kind of appeals more towards the younger crowd. You can easily go on social media. And even if it's not, I mean, both Instagram and Facebook, people are going to be posting what's trending. You're going to see what people have, you know, ideas on their thoughts on, you're going to see what creates a reaction you know, even like with the political debate, I'm sure if someone wanted to release some sort of song about, you know, something having to do with politics, they could have definitely stirred up a reaction on either side. It wouldn't matter which side they were on. They could be on, you know, the Democratic side, the Republican side. They could create a song that appeals to, you know, whatever the the, the core beliefs are of the, the Democratic uh, system right there or the Republican, and then reach out to the outlets that tend to, you know, post uh more stuff based on, you know, whether you're blue or red. So something like that, um, I I just recommend the news. And then if you are on like, um, what is that uh, gossip site? You know, there's so many gossip music sites, that sort of thing as well. Like the people that saw, you know, the moment that, you know, the Chris Brown Rihanna thing came, you know that that group right away went and started writing music because it's a process. It takes a little while for you to be able to create the music, get it mixed and mastered, write the music, you know, create a press release, start, um, you know, reach to uh, different people. But just kind of looking at what's trending, you know, on Twitter, they have that option where it shows you what's trending right now. It'll show you mm. what hashtags people are using. You can take a look at it and go, okay, well, this is trending on Twitter. People are talking about it. People are having conversations about it. Let me take a look at this and see if any of it speaks to me uh, right now, because then I'll write those things down, because those are things that you can create, you know, or you think about, do I already have a song that is relevant to what's going on in what's trending right now? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good. And and I love the idea too of yeah, I think that that this could be taken the wrong way, or it could be it could be overdone if someone's like I don't know, like try like just chasing chasing the trends and totally losing like their integrity or something, or just like you know, just right. trying to chase what's popular, um, as opposed to you know having your fingers on the pulse of 
of what's relevant right now and and really looking and seeing what speaks to me and, and what what do I think I have a unique angle? What do I what do I have a unique angle on for one of these things that maybe hasn't been said before, or something that a lot of people are experiencing or they feel the same way, but they don't necessarily have a voice. They don't have a voice to express mm-hmm. that, to express that yet, and to be able to to yeah. to share that. Um, really powerful. So you uh, you started talking about the press releases. So it sounds like you know it's next step of like you, you know you've figured out what the what the story is, and you know one thing that's really important with the press release is having like a really strong headline. We've got that tool mm-hmm. that you can use to analyze it and make sure that it's something that that is that creates an open loop. What other things go into that press release in order to make it you know compelling press release? And how exactly would someone actually like what's the process of reaching out to people and actually submitting their press release? Yeah. Absolutely. So um, after you come up with the headline, you know, and, and I thought about something too, when we were talking about relevant, if you remember, there was like a big time period when bullying was a big thing, you know, that's a big thing too. Like just kind of mm-hmm. giving people some more ideas for, you know, you know, happy Billy bully, the bullied singer overcomes depression and releases album of uplifting songs or, you know, something like yeah. that is great. But um, moving mm-hmm. on to uh, what comes next in the, um, in the press release, um, the next paragraph or the paragraph that I would say after you have this, you know, great headline, you know, you do want to talk about what it is that uh, you're doing and a little bit about you. You don't want to make it a biography. You don't want to make it like Christine was born at eight o'clock on August the 15th. You know, you don't want to make it seem like something that a, a lot of fans, you know, there's a difference between writing something for fans because they care. They care about all the little things about you. But when you are reaching out to, you know, or you're reaching out to a media outlet and you're trying to catch the attention of the mom who's, you know, cooking dinner and answering the phone and doing a million things at the same time, or, you know, the kids that are watching or the random people that are watching this news station, it has to be attention grabbing, right? And so whenever you're reaching out to these media outlets, you need for them to look at this and go, hey, we got a hundred submissions today. Um, but this one, if, if, if you can tell them your story within 30 seconds and it's, you know, compelling and interesting, then you've got something really great. So you want to right away, go right into, you know, what it is that you're doing. So if you're, you know, when I was going on tour, uh, around the country right away, I put, you know, Christine Morell, pop singer, pianist. I don't remember the exact words. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it, but it, you know, goes on independent tour, 25 cities around the country to perform for children in low-income communities. She's sleeping on couches to make it happen. You know, she's been doing crowdfunding, you know, she's been doing all kinds of different things. So in that first paragraph, I put all the, the compelling elements that make this interesting right away. I don't put, I was, you know, sitting at home and I was writing my album and it's, you know, it took me a month to finish it. You know, I'm going to leave all of that out because we only have a few paragraphs to really grab them. And again, there's a, a bunch of other, you know, people that are really trying to get that spot. And so you want to get straight to the point right away. And you don't want to use too many words like that are um, not facts. Like you don't want to be like, she's really awesome or fantastic mm-hmm. or the greatest rapper in the world. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Cause that can't, that's not real. That's all subjective. That's all opinion. Um, you want to just put facts, you know, you want to put performing for veterans. You know, that's a big one. If you have, if you know that Memorial day is coming up, that's a great, you know, way if you have a song about, you know, respect towards, you know, people who have maybe made certain types of sacrifices or something. That's a really great way to, to then take that subject matter and put it in that first paragraph, put, you know, so-and-so's grandfather served in Iraq and now so-and-so is performing for the troops that are coming back from Iraq. You know, that's a really great story and it's relevant and it's something that people 
that are going to read this, it's relevant to what's coming up in the news, in the holidays coming up. So that first paragraph, you just want to go straight into it to elaborating on the headline. So if you had said back to what we were talking about, where if we had kind of created some suspense, where when we said, you know, this is the one thing that, you know, kept this young, struggling, homeless singer alive or whatever, you know, then you could elaborate on what that one thing was. You know, at that point, you want to clarify. Uh, Peanut butter tortillas. And if you're touring, yeah, exactly. Peanut butter tortillas, <laughs> you know, you can put it in at that point. So then you start elaborating on and you you kind of, you come to that resolve that you were talking about, you know, like sometimes there's those chords and you're like, just resolve it, please. So I can feel mm. better. And then that's basically what you're doing. So whether you're promoting a tour, whether you're promoting an album, whether you're just sharing news about the radio play that you're, you're getting, this is where you want to, you know, share that. Or if you've collaborated with anybody, um, you know, if you've collaborated with certain artists or musicians that people might uh, recognize, or if you're giving away free music to the readers, or you have any special accomplishments, notable achievements, like there's just certain things you just want to like, it, it has to make sense with the headline. So you don't want to just start going like so-and-so, you know, did all this and that. You want it to just make sense as a continuation from the headline. So each person and each story is going to be very different, but just start asking yourself, you know, hey, are there, if, if you're promoting a tour, hey, are there any special reasons that you're you know, visiting certain cities on your tour? Did they hold some sort of sentimental value? Did you choose randomly by a vote on your Facebook page? Like that's a story too. You know, hey, my fans chose the cities that I was going to. Or, um, you know, just all these types of things that are going to just clarify more about the headline. And these press releases have to be very short. Like they're, they're very, very short, you know, not more than a page long and very, uh, again, very straight to the point. And after that, you want to go into paragraph three, and that's where you're just going to start saying a little bit more about maybe anything that's notable about what you've done. Like maybe you're, if you're on a tour, for example, you could talk about some of the previous cities, or you can even mention a story about, you know, hey, the last city that they went to, you know, there was a young lady, for example, in one of the cities that I performed at, and she was really depressed. And she came to me and she said, you know, I've been really thinking about suicide. And that was a really big, sad thing. She was only like 12 years old. And she said, and this morning, I didn't want to come to school. And she said, but I heard that you were going to be here. I heard that there was going to be a singer. And she said, and I just feel so much better. And we connected on Instagram and we stayed in touch and everything. And it was just a really cool experience for me. And then that was really cool for me to share that in my press release, because now that also brings more attention to my cause and what I'm trying to do. So, you know, it makes people interested in what I'm doing. These media outlets might talk about it. And then at that point, it can even raise awareness about helping to continue on the tour. Let's say I'm trying to add five more cities. Well, now people that were looking at my crowdfunding campaign, for example, go, wow, she's actually making a difference. Let's help her continue on and make this tour, you know, continue through other cities because she's helping these children. So kind of just thinking about, okay, what have, what's already been happening? What have I already done? Do I have any radio airplay? You know, do I have anything that's notable that's going to now kind of close my press release? That's kind of what you want to do. Uh, in paragraph three, and then have your like website and links and that sort of thing. Maybe even some pictures, you know, making it look pretty nice. Oh, that's, that's that's so awesome. And I love how you're such a shining example of a lot of the, the lessons that you're teaching right now and being able to hear your examples, how you've like implemented them and where, you know, it's, it's uh, always refreshing to see someone who is leading by example. And um, yeah, that's awesome. So um, yeah. last question, last question that I have for you is just digging a little bit deeper into like the, 
the process of reaching out to like, let's say you, you created the press release. How do you find the right person to reach out to? And what does that initial message look like in terms of that, like initial email or, or how would you uh, recommend reaching out? Yeah, absolutely. So there's many different ways you can do this. The first things first is to put it in a way that they can uh, easily look at it and have access to it. You don't want to send attachments. You don't want to make it to where they're going to have to download anything. Imagine if you were an editor and you had a hundred people send you stuff that where you had to download things um, that would get really tiresome. So you want to send it to them in the form of like a Dropbox folder or even a web page. you know, maybe both. If you're not familiar with Dropbox, I mean, I'm assuming most people are, uh, but you can create a folder put, you know, your press release, high resolution photos. You can also put an additional biography that maybe breaks down a little bit more about who you are if they're interested. Um, and then you just send them the link. You know, you can send them a link to a, you know, in the Dropbox, you could also have a folder that has links to, you know, specific, the specific song on SoundCloud. You know, you might have the song that you're promoting or the album that you're promoting or the music video that you're promoting available as a download. So then if it was like blogs or websites that you were trying to get published on, they could download that video and then upload it onto their server, upload it onto their website right away. What I will say changed everything for me, which made people say yes, you know, exponentially more was creating a video. So I would say that, you know, a press release is great. That's how you grab their attention right away. And then when you really bring them in is by creating a video and I can, um, I can give you the link to one that I did and maybe you could share it, you know, maybe in the description or something so people can take a look. But when I was setting up for my 25 city tour, um, and this was, again, it was based around charity. I, I mentioned that I love working with kids. I had done a lot of things around the world. I had um, volunteered in like South Africa and India and a bunch of countries, Peru and, and Thailand and that sort of thing. So I had footage and photos from those things. I wanted to really touch people. And so I sat, I, you know, sat down on a chair and I put a camera in front of me and I talked about when I was five years old, when I used to watch those commercials, when I would see those children that didn't have food in, in Africa and how sad it made me. And um, I talked about my story. Your story is so important, right? It's so important for you to, to gather people right away. I say, I used to watch those, you know, children and it made me sad. I know I used to take envelopes and put like Cheetos in there and write like Africa on the you know, envelope, <laughs> oh, you know, put a whole bunch of stamps on there. And I'm like, I love Cheetos. So, you know, these kids will love Cheetos too. So, you know, talking about that. And, and so I mentioned, you know, that that was where it started. And then I, you know, showed some photos and videos from some of the countries that I went through. And then I said, and this is why I am now going to do a 25 city tour around the United States. I want to work with children in schools. I want to perform for kids who normally wouldn't be able to afford to have live music. I'm doing all of these shows for free, you know, and then I just, I, I go into then what I'm promoting. I don't start off right away with, you know, I'm a singer, musician, anything like that. Um, you can start off maybe with like one line, but you want to go straight into the, the compelling story. And so I went into that. That was my story. And then I, you know, started sharing photos and videos and I had, you know, beautiful music in the background. You know, I really created the emotion that I was trying to convey to whoever would be watching this. And then at the end, I had my call to action, right? My call to action was, you know, go to this website so you can learn more about, you know, my tour, my cause, you know, that sort of thing. And, and if someone's doing like, you know, let's say someone's trying to bring attention to their crowdfunding campaign, that would be the call to action at the end. Visit my crowdfunding campaign where you can help me, you know, create this album where we're donating X amount of dollars to St. Jude's, you know, hospital or something here. 
And let's say it's not charity based. Let's say it's, um, you know, you're raising money to finish your album at that point. Hey, come, you know, visit this link to help fund the album or, hey, check out this link where, you know, you'll see buy tickets to my tour. Like maybe you're just promoting a tour. You know, it doesn't have to be, I'm, I'm using the example because, you know, this particular tour was char charity based, but people can do it for anything. They can do it for the tour that they're on, the album that they created. Comedians can use this, you know, uh, this uh, whole template. I mean, it's, it, you can use it for absolutely anything. So having something like that first, having that, um, that compelling story, having that uh, the ability for whatever editor or whatever publisher is about to open your email for them to um, have easy, easy access to that. And a video is going to absolutely get them pulled in. And not only that, let's say you're reaching out to television. If you have shown that you're good on camera, that you speak well, that you know your stuff, whatever it is you're talking about, then they're going to watch your video and they're going to go, you know what, this pulled me in. So this is most likely going to pull in viewers as well. And they don't have to worry about whether you're going to like freeze up on camera and that sort of thing. You know, all that is, is you're answering questions without them even having to ask. You're making it the easiest possible way for them to um, share your story. Because this is the other thing. If they're having to write a whole story on you and having to look up your information and go to your website and find interesting things, I mean, it can get very tiresome and very time consuming. But if you've already given them the press release, you've already given them a video that answers all the questions that may have, it shows that you're personable, you're fun, you're outgoing or whatever it is, you have a story. And then you've sent it to them in an organized fashion. So they know that you're a professional. They know that you get the elements of what they're looking for. Then they don't have to ask those questions and they don't have to keep going back and forth with you. Because the last thing that someone wants to do is keep going back and forth with like the hundreds of people that submitted to them that day. You want to answer every question that they have and you want to give them everything that they need um, right there in, the, in their hands. And the last thing that I do that I send them, I, and this is an amazing thing. This makes it so easy. I send them a sheet and I just call it talking points. And I give them questions that they can ask me because they don't know about me. So they don't even know what to ask half the time, right? But I wanna give them something where if there is a interviewer and she hasn't even looked at my press release, let's say the editor looked at it and said, she's awesome, let's put her on the show. The interviewer can just have the sheet in front of them and it's gonna ask them those key interesting questions that I know the viewers are gonna to wanna to hear. So not only have I made it easy for them to get the press release and the video and everything, now they have a sheet that says, Hey, Christine, we heard that you went on tour because you watched these commercials as a kid. Tell us a little bit more about that commercial that, you know, inspired you or made you send those Cheetos to Africa. You know, how did that, yeah. how did that happen? So that way there's an interviewer there and she may had, have had no time to research you whatsoever, but you're still going to be able to get your compelling story across because you've given her all the, the appropriate questions, the relevant questions. So you've done all the work for them and that's gonna make you stand out. And you could be less interesting. You could be less interesting than the next person. But if that person requires that someone do a ton of research on them, people don't have time for that all the time. So answering your question, and sorry, I had to give that kind of pre thing because you have to have the right stuff to send them. Once you're ready to uh, reach out to them, there's different ways that you can do it. Um, I have resources. Um, I think you've seen some of the commercials where, you know, I have, you know, like lists of thousands of blogs and websites and that sort of thing. But back when I was um, first starting, I didn't have that. I hadn't done all that research. So I manually did it. And um, I think that's a great way to do it. What I did was I made a list of all the cities, you know, mine was a tour. I made a list of all the cities that I was going to. And in each of those cities, I created a folder 
And in each, each folder I created, I separated it by newspapers. I looked up blogs and I, this was all on Google. So if I was going to Phoenix, Arizona, I would just put local radio stations in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, local college radio in Phoenix, Arizona, because college radio will normally play independent music. You know, I'll um, look up local TV stations in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, kind of going on and on blogs, websites, newspapers, radio stations, college radio, you know, everything that you can possibly think of that might be local, even local talk radio, you know, those types of things where they are really, uh, you know, local talk radio is very um, specific to what's happening locally. So they're probably going to be very interested. I didn't reach out to huge, you know, as much to like the huge national outlets because I knew it was going to be harder there. So I knew on a local level, I was more likely going to get PR and media from all those types of things. Um, on a, what, el what else I did was I started looking up people that had um, organizations that had similar initiatives. So for me, my initiative, right, was inspiring children. I was going to schools. You know, I wanted to tell them about following their dreams. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. You know, I told my story. And I found that Michelle Obama had this charity can't even remember what it's called right now. It's evading my mind, but she had a charity that was really focused on, um, you know, helping kids get into college and just encouraging them to stay in school. So I reached out there and I said, you know, I didn't, I want, Hey, Michelle, you know, I, I didn't go straight. It doesn't go straight <laughs> to Michelle, Obama. but um, you know, to her, to the organization, I reached out to them, told them what I was doing and they wanted to partner. So then I had this huge partnership with Michelle Obama. Like that was huge. You know, and people see that they go, how in the world did you do that? Well, these organizations, if they see that you are organized, you have something going on, that whole build and they will come. You know, I'm, I'm not really like a build and they will come person. I'm like build, pursue people and they're going to join. You know, they're going to want to join the movement. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. So I reached out to her charity. I Googled it again. I just Googled like, you know, school charities or charities that, you know, promote staying in school, you know, and all these types of things came up. So depending on what you're doing, you're going to look up local media. You're going to look up, you know, regional media or even national media and something that's related to what you're, uh, what you're doing. Like I, I told you with um, the gentleman that I worked with that just got on CW, his thing was COVID. So, and he was local to Las Vegas. So he looked up Las Vegas uh, media outlets and then started reaching out to them. And because he was donating to the local hospital, that was his story. So you can do it with a quick Google search. You know, it's not hard to find. And then as you go on the websites, a lot of these news stations, they have options, links to submit a story. And, and this goes back to like, if you don't have a don't have anything in the form of attachments, because obviously most of those chat forms, you can't even send attachments. So you need to be able to send them to links, give them a real quick, you know, paragraph of, Hey, I, um, I'm coming through, uh, you know, your city, I'm performing for, you know, disabled veterans or whatever your story is, or, you know, I'm bringing awareness to this, or I'm sleeping on couches and I'm just an indie musician trying to make my, you know, dream of being a, you know, a rock star come true, you know, whatever your story uh, whatever you decided that was, you're going to put that real quick in a paragraph. Here's a link to my video. Here's a link to my, you know, uh, here's my phone number, my email, and here's a Dropbox folder that has a lot more information if you're interested. So at that point, you've kind of shown them that everything is in that first email and they don't have to continue a conversation with you to be able to get the full gist of who you are. Cause you don't want them to have to ask questions. You want them to have everything in that first email, everything in that first chat, 
So then they can then decide whether they want to um, have you on or not. So a lot of that you can find just by Googling, just by going to their website. A lot of them have, you know, how to submit a story. I've even gone, if I, if they didn't have something like that on their website, I'll then find them on Instagram. I'll find them on Facebook. I'll reach out to them on every social media platform that they have. So I'll email them. I'll reach them on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll tag them on Twitter. Like I will do everything I can to get their attention because in my head, I've created an awesome story and why not? Why, why wouldn't they want to have me on there? I just need somebody that makes decisions to open that email. And then I know that they'll have me on, you know? So um, that's kind of my process on how I, how I find them. It's just kind of just like Googling really um, in, in each city or each media outlet. I love it. It's, it's so good. And yeah, I feel like it's so valuable to just like, it's such a lifelong skill uh, for everyone to cultivate, especially for artists, you know, for musicians to become storytellers. And so, you know, it, it seems like through the process of doing what you talked about this entire interview, really kind of turning inward and reflecting and figuring out what are the stories that I can tell. Um, and look, like, you know, you might, it's going to probably take some time, especially if you're, you haven't told a lot of stories before and you're kind of learning what does resonate with people and, you know, what's really connecting. And, and I'm sure just through the process, like what you've done, like, you know, the stories that you shared um, on our conversation today, uh, you, you can tell that they're, they're well refined stories because you're a storyteller and you've told these stories a lot. And I'm sure that over time, every time, every single time you tell the story and you figure out some like elements of it that really connect or that land the plane or make it more tangible or understandable, the better you get at, at telling stories. So I think the whole process just is, is really brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today and to share um, some of the lessons that you've learned. I know you've got a ton of resources for people in terms of you know, uh, PDFs and you have like the resource of literally thousands of, of people. So they don't have to do the manual work necessarily finding every single person. So for anyone that's uh, watching or listening to this right now, what would be the best place for them to go to uh, dive deeper into, into this topic? So I have um, lots of different things um, from resources, like you said, with lists of like media blogs, you know, Spotify playlisters, websites and that sort of thing. So if uh, anyone would be interested in checking those out, they can go to musichustler.com. Um, not only that, I have this really great live webinar coming up where I'll be showing, walking everybody through the process of creating press releases and actually helping people create press releases live. And that's something I do every week, something I do for anyone that logs on every single week. We, we cover a lot of this again, but more in depth with real examples and actually, you know, talking to people and finding out what their story is. Because a lot of people have a hard time with that one at first. They think I'm not interesting. And then I start asking questions and then I'm able to figure out, you know, five to 10 really interesting things about them, which is always fun. Everyone can reach all of this information by just going to musichustler.com. All of the links and everything is on there. Awesome. Beautiful. And, and we'll also to make it as streamlined as possible, we'll put a link in the show notes. You can click on that and, and go check it out. And I, I love that you're also, that you're providing the service of like actually giving debriefs and, and helping people directly because I, I had that experience with one of my mentors, uh, Jeff Walker, who he does, he's like a master at this. Um, he calls it the hero's journey is like, is basically figuring out your, your story. And I remember being at one of his events and him being on stage and you know, like raising my hand really shyly. And he was doing this like channeling thing where he's basically like channeling people's stories and he's just a master at, at doing it. But you're right that like, 
for me and for a lot of the people there, it's like, we're like, well, I don't really know. Like, what, what is, what is my story or what's compelling about it? And he just asks a few questions and then he's like, yeah. And then he like tells the story from your point of view and you're like, how did you do that? Like you're a, you're a wizard. Uh, so I think it's super right. cool that, that you're, they're doing something like that for musicians as well. So I highly recommend yeah. uh, anyone that has resonated with this, who, who uh, would like to take a step further and start digging into this more to go check that out. And uh, Christine, you're, you're awesome. Again, I really appreciate uh, you being here and do, doing what you do and uh, looking forward to talking again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.